very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Greetings to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mal Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, or your truth journey brought you here, welcome home. And to listen to tonight's full interview, which I guarantee you will never hear on the mainstream media, just go to VeritasRadio.com and subscribe. And if you want to declassify the secrets to health and longevity, to unlock your full potential, go to sanitasradio.com and subscribe to. And if you want to get in touch with me, you want to be a guest on this radio program, just go to veritasradio.com and click on the contact link. I'd love to hear from you. Is the history we know about Christopher Columbus a fraud committed against historians and history? According to tonight's guest, most of Columbus' history as we know it is false. Columbus was never called Columbus, but Colon. The history books are full of invention by historians who guess as to what the truth was. The history has been supported by documents that turned out to be false. How can an Italian peasant weaver learn Latin, Spanish, Greek, mathematics, cartography, astronomy, and all of a sudden marry to nobility prior to his journey to the Indies, and even become a noble, admiral, governor, and viceroy of the New World? This sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? And it probably is. Was Columbus a secret agent for the King of Portugal and the son of a Polish king living in exile in Madeira and hid his royal roots to protect his father? And to set the record straight, tonight's special guest is Manuel Rosa, an award-winning Luso-American investigative historian born on the Azorian island of Pico, an expert on the life of Cristóbal Colón, better known in the USA as Christopher Columbus. Isarosa is author of O Misterio Colombo Gevelato, The Columbus Mystery Revealed, and Colón, La Historia Nunca Contada, Columbus, The Untold Story. Isarosa advised UNESCO to reject Barry Clifford's finding of the Santa Maria in 2014 and has been featured in NPR and BBC and currently lives in North Carolina. His webpage can be found at www.1492.us.com, which is also linked at ours. And Columbus, The Untold Story is currently seeking U.S. publication. And directly from North Carolina, USA, I would like to welcome Manuel Rosa. Hello, Mr. Rosa, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Great. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Emmanuel, before we begin, let me just tell you 
what prompted me to bring you on? Because a lot of people may be thinking, Mel, why are you trying to rediscover America and Columbus after 500 years? Well, back in 1997, when I moved to Tucson, Arizona, I was invited to a social gathering. And among the people, there was a female history professor from the University of Arizona. And she got me on the side. I guess she noticed I was very inquisitive. And she said, did you know that Christopher Columbus was not a wool weaver from Genoa, Italy, whose name was Cristoforo Colombo? And she said he was a Sephardic Jew from Catalonia. But because 1492 was during the Spanish Inquisition, he had to hide his true identity from the public in order to get uh, funding from the kings of Spain and also not to be persecuted. I asked the professor why this information did not make it to academia and the public, and she said, because it's not allowed. That was my interaction with her. Fast forward almost 20 years later, and I found you. First, how accurate or not was this professor about Don Cristóbal Colón, birthplace, and, and, and why are so many academics and intellectuals wrong? And do you think you have found the truth about Colón? Well, let's start from uh, the, the last part of the question first. Yes, I think I have found the truth about Cristóbal Colón. I uh, have 25 years, next year is going to be 25 years that I've been investigating the life of uh, Cristóbal Colón, wrongly named Christopher Columbus in the U.S., in the in English-speaking uh, world. And I think that finally, after 25 years, I have discovered his secret identity. Now, as your uh, professor was trying to tell you uh, that he was a of Jewish origins, um, there is no basis in any of the documentation that I found to support that. As a matter of fact, there is contrary evidence to support that he was uh, um, Jewish. Um, and it, the whole idea that he was Jewish came from uh, Simon Weisenthal's book, um, Sales of Hope, which he published based on uh, some scribbles that he found in, in some letters from, from uh, Christopher Colon to his son, in which he saw these little characters on the top left corner, and he thought then, uh, that they were uh, Jewish handwriting uh, saying, uh, you know, uh, God bless you. And that little scribble on a few of, of Columbus's letters, uh, I'm going to call him Columbus, even though his name is Colon. There's no evidence that Cristobal Colon was uh, Jewish, and that this uh, myth started was started by Simon Weisenthal in his book, Sales of Hope, where he had seen some scribbles on uh, some of uh, Cristobal Colon's letters, and he thought that those uh, scribbles on the top left corner of the letters were a Jewish blessing uh, to, to his son. He wrongly um, said that the, that it w those sorry he wrongly claimed that those scribbles were only in Colon's letters to his son Diego. In fact, there are letters from the Queen to Cristobal Colon that have the same scribbles on the top left corner. And so I think that those scribbles were put there later on by some archivist who was just making little notes in the top left corner of the, of the letters. And that has nothing to do with uh, Jewish uh, characters or blessings. It's interesting and, how somebody with Jewish descent perpetuates the notion that Columbus was Jewish. <laughs> well, it's interesting, yes. There's a lot of misinformation, invention. I mean, it's just amazing. It took me 10 years just to get to weed through the mess of misinformation and get to a point where I could say, okay, the whole history of Cristobal Colon that we, we had been taught 
is baseless. It's not based on any documentation. It's based on hearsay, on invention, and it's completely contrary to what really went on and what the documents show. And so when Weisenthal saw those scribbles, you know, maybe they, they look like Jewish characters. I don't know. But he did not investigate to see if maybe any other letters had those scribbles on them. And so if his theory is that uh, Cristobal Colon was secretly saying, God bless you, my son, in, um, in Hebrew, uh, in, in his letters, then the queen is saying the same thing in her letters to Cristobal Colon, because the, the scribbles are in the queen's letters as well. So when you only have part of the information you are bound to go in the wrong direction. Yeah, half a truth is still a lie. And, you know, interesting that Wiesenthal, uh, this is a very plausible story. I'm not sure if he was the one who said that because in 1492, for example, Kingdom of Aragon, uh, it was a time of the Inquisition, Columbus had to hide. And by the way, I keep repeating Columbus, even though that's not the correct name, but for, for the listeners who can get what I'm saying, I can say Colón too. But... Uh, during the time, it was the time of the Inquisition. So it's a very plausible an interesting story for somebody to hide the origins in order to, let's say, infiltrate the the uh, monarchy to get the funding necessary to go to the West Indies. Well, in theory, that sounds plausible, but factually, it's completely against the facts. So what what happens? Let's look at the things logically. Um, the, the, the Jews were not being persecuted the Inquisition actually did not come into Spain until after 1492, the, uh, you know, in full force. The Jews themselves were not being prosecuted until 1492 when, when they, um, uh, just before uh, April or so, when they passed the law that all the Jews had to leave Spain. This is after they conquered the kingdom of Granada from the Muslims, and suddenly they wanted a clean Christian kingdom of Spain, either convert or leave. So that was passed in 1492. Now think about it. Cristóbal Colón moved to Spain at the end of 1484. Okay? So he would have had the premonition in 1484 when he changed his identity to Cristóbal Colón that the Jews were going to be expelled in 1492, and therefore he needed to protect against that uh, future uh, um, event. That's completely, you know, uh, against logic. And uh, actually, it's contrary to the facts. Cristobal Colón was a, uh, a Christian. I will not say he was a Catholic, but he was a Christian. He, uh, he uh, talked bad about Jews and about conversos in his letters. He uh, always um, praised the Christian uh, and, and the, um, the Christian ideal and the um, uh, Holy Trinity. And, um, you know, he um, wrote his own book of prophecies that is based on, on uh, the, the uh, Christian, um, uh, the, the book of um, John, the book of the Apocalypse. And so he left his own book of prophecies that are based on Christianity. Now, that this notion that is continued to be perpetuated everywhere, the Italian peasant, wool weaver, generation after generation, all of a sudden learns Latin, Spanish, Greek, mathematics, cartography, astronomy, Mary's nobility, in Portugal, becomes, we know, of course, that he became a, a noble admiral, governor, viceroy of the New World, but the preceding aspects, how, how, I'm surprised that people don't question how somebody who's supposedly a peasant can have so many attributes. 
Well, th- this is really where the story began to, uh, to, to become interesting for me. In uh, 1991, every, everybody was creating books about Chris, uh, Cristobal Colon uh, to celebrate the 500th anniversary of the discovery in the world. Yep. And I worked on the translation of a book from Portuguese into English. And in that book, I found out that Cristobal Colon had married a Portuguese uh, noble lady, Filipa Muniz, who is the daughter of the captain of the island of Porto Santo in Madeira. And uh, suddenly it struck me uh, as, as odd. It struck me odd for a couple of reasons. One, that in Portugal, nobody really talks about this, uh, this uh, Cristobal Colon marrying this lady. Yeah, they, they sweep it under the, the rug. They don't want to talk about it. Uh, and so I found it interesting being in Portuguese that no one had ever taught me uh, that the most famous navigator in the world was married to a noble lady in Portugal. Uh, but secondly, is that I knew the guy from Italy was a peasant weaver. And I knew that something was wrong in this story. I either knew it was either that the guy who discovered America did not marry this lady, or the guy who married this lady is not the guy from Italy. And this is how I started my investigation, initially just for my own curiosity. And uh, as I read uh, more and more books and, and in different languages, you know, in Portuguese, Spanish, French, Catalan, English, um, I always um, got different stories from different authors. And whenever I would trace the sources, the, the books back to their sources that they were, were basing themselves on, either they had misquoted the sources or the sources themselves were wrong. And so I, after, like I said, after 10 years of going over all the documents back and forth and back and forth and realizing that the story was not correct, I then spent the next five years just getting to a point where I could say, okay, this is what the documentation shows. And the guy who discovered America was a high noble in Portugal in 1479 when he married this lady, Filippa Muniz, which was a very, uh, so noble that the king had to authorize her marriage. And so that fact alone negates the whole history that has been written from 1504 until today about the peasant weaver. Why did he have to go to Spain to request funding in order to, to for his journey of discovery? Why, why couldn't he go to his own kingdom in Portugal to do it? Well, this is really, you know, there's, there's a whole, there's two conspiracies playing side by side here. We have one conspiracy, which is the conspiracy to hide Cristobal Colón's true identity. And that conspiracy was um, was involved had involvement of the Portuguese court, the Spanish court, the Cologne family, and you know their relatives and friends. So basically, we have a person who is very important uh, in the social um, in, the, in his society, who required that his identity be hidden, and the courts helped him in hiding his identity. The second part of this is that when he went to Spain to, to peddle his uh, idea to sail across the Atlantic to India, he was actually working as a secret agent for the King of Portugal. And so uh, there, w- there was no need for him to present this to the King of Portugal because the King of Portugal knew very well what was across the Atlantic. The Atlantic had been navigated by the, by the Portuguese uh, sailors for a long time. Brazil was already discovered before 1492. And Cologne and Cristobal oh, Colón. This this is new to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's lots of things that are, are are there, and if people would just pay attention to what they're reading, they would find these facts. 
And so Cristobal Colon, in his, in his third voyage, he wrote that I'm going to sail southwest because I want to know what was the king of Portugal talking about, that there is a big continent uh, in that direction. And because this continent is there, he had the disagreement with the kings of Spain over where to divide the world. Okay? So this is Cologne's statement. That's in his uh, uh, information from his third voyage. So now we have to think to ourselves, well, Cristóbal Colón left in 1492 to discover the new world. He returned in 14, March 1493 to Portugal. He didn't go to Spain. He went to Portugal. And then he tells us that the king of Portugal said, hey, there is a continent over there, and, and that belongs to us, to Portugal, and I will make Spain sign a treaty leaving that part of the continent on the Portuguese side. So that is very clear to me that what the king of Portugal knew the secret information he had is that Brazil was already discovered. I As always wonder that. Always wonder that why such a small country as Portugal can have dominion of all that eastern part of South America. Well, Portugal controlled uh, controlled a lot of their discoveries by secrecy. So, you know, even though they had discovered Brazil long before 1492, as a matter of fact, there is a letter uh, in the Portuguese archives from 1473 that orders... Um, um, uh, John uh, Corteal to go again and find those islands west of the islands of Cape Verde. Well, the islands across from the islands of Cape Verde are the Caribbean islands. And to go find them again, which means this would be probably the second or third voyage to go there. And uh, the, the, what we need to understand is that Cologne's voyage was not a voyage of discovery. It was a voyage of cover-up, and it was a voyage made purely for political reasons, to aid Portugal in protecting the real India for itself. And so he was not going to anywhere that was not discovered. He knew exactly where he was going. He knew who he was going to meet there. He knew pretty much how long it was going to take him to, to get there. And he knew what route to return by uh, to get safely back to Europe. And all this information is kept secret in Portugal because Portugal is a very tiny kingdom. It's about the size of Massachusetts. It had one million inhabitants in, in 1500. So you can imagine that a, 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 such a small kingdom could never go out and control anything that they discovered out there. You know, they had to control it by secrecy. And so the king of Portugal had passed a law that um, a, a penalty of that law for anyone that discussed secrets of navigation with foreigners. What this means is that they knew that the only way to protect what they discovered was by keeping secrecy, and the king passed the law ensuring that his uh, subjects would not be blabbering to anybody else about the things they found, and the penalty was dead. And so you can understand that this was a life and death struggle for a small kingdom that had very few resources, but had a lot of knowledge, scientific knowledge, and a lot of uh, acquired knowledge through investigating the Atlantic Ocean for probably 200, uh, 200 years. Very, very interesting, because what we're told in this part of the world is that Brazil was discovered or colonized in, in the early part of the 16th century, in 1500, I believe, so 25, 30, 40 years after what we've been told. But what you're saying makes so much sense, because such a small kingdom cannot defend all that. And if you want to keep that area secluded, if you will, 
Keep Columbus going to the career. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.